This episode of Warp 5 is brought to you by Audible.com, offering more than 180,000 titles for smartphone, tablet, and desktop. To get a free audiobook of your choice and help Trek FM at the same time, visit audibletrial.com slash trekfm. And also by Enterprise in Space, an international program of the nonprofit National Space Society. Find out how you can help science and education and become a virtual crew member aboard the NSS Enterprise Orbiter by visiting enterpriseinspace.org. And if you want to join in on the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode or any other, please join the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, that's B-A-B-E-L, into the Facebook search field. We look forward to seeing you there. Hi, this is Gary Graham, ambassadors of all in Star Trek. You're listening to Warp 5. How we doing, Trip? Ready when you are. Prepare for warp. Course laid in, sir. Request permission to get underway. Welcome, boomers, to another episode of Warp 5, Trek FM's dedicated Star Trek Enterprise podcast. I am your host, Patrick Devlin, and I am joined today, as always, by Brandy Jackala. Brandy, how are you? <laughs> I'm fine, Patrick. How are you this fine day? Tired. Very, very tired. <laughs> but uh, we are also joined by our other lovely host, Brandon Shamatala. Hey, how's it going, Patrick? <laughs> hey, what's up? Hey, Oh, boy. Is this an inside joke that I am not party to? If it is, I'm not in it either. What's wrong? What's wrong? So, I'm so confused. How are you? Good, good. What's no, really, what's wrong with Patrick? What? what, There's no Y in my name. Patrick, I know. So what is it? What is my name? Yeah. Patrick. Patrick, what's the difference? Huh? What's the difference? Patrick, Patrick? Tomato, tomato? Tomato, tomato? This is going back. This is like clearly my joke is falling flat here. <laughs> yeah, I don't understand where we're going with this. One is your name, the other is not. Oh! <laughs> data, data. Sorry. <laughs> we were tweeting about Pat, uh, about Dr. Pulaski earlier, and Patrick's just too tired to get my Yeah, I, I missed that totally. Sorry. I missed it too. <laughs> don't, don't feel bad, Patrick. I missed it too. It's because I don't so like good. Pulaski so much, I don't remember anything that was said. <sighs> I posted we'll a tweet because my my favorite thing that I do every once a month is I po- I tweet out Pulaski is greater than Crusher. I do it once a month. Do you really? Like, I, I do. I did see that. I've never noticed today. it. It wasn't on Twitter though. It was on Facebook. Yeah, I've never done it on Facebook. Oh, before. that's why this I don't really time. check yeah. Twitter much. <laughs> I usually do it on tw- on Twitter somehow. And and today was the day. I just somebody made a comment in some group that I was in about how they don't like Pulaski because she's mean to date and I'm like oh my goodness do I have to do this again okay, okay fine so Pulaski's- so at least now all that inside <laughs> joke makes sense because I, I don't remember anything she ever said so <laughs> so awesome um, sorry listeners <laughs> we're not here to talk about the Earl Grey and the next generation no n- not completely anyway so Brandon was there any uh, feedback on the Babel conference from our last episode Yes, we had two comments for our last episode, which was Warp 5 166, which was the commentary to our second uh, part of Shockwave. Uh, Brandon A. Coles 
directed his comments directly at Brandy, and he says, Brandy, I don't think Archer was Future Guy either. And I don't think so either. I don't think he was either, but that's one, that's the thing that was going around. Um, and then Janet Lee uh, also said, I don't think Spock looks human, quote-unquote, because he's crying. T'Pol did cry when her mom died, so they have to be born doing that until emotional training kicks in. So she didn't really say why she thought he Sarek said he looks human in Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Um, but then she said also that the song Sorry was the song that turned some detractors into believers. <laughs> so, and uh, yeah, because I think I said I liked the song Sorry and I was not sorry for liking Sorry. <laughs> no, you don't have to be sorry for liking Sorry. But I'm because Canadian. I'm sorry it. for everything. Well, so you Justin are. Bieber. You are. Yeah. But they got rid of him and sent him here. <laughs> They're just like, no, you are not upholding the Canadian ideals. Go to America. They like that crap there. <laughs> yes. Exactly. So, again, Justin Bieber is definitely not what we're talking about today. Um, <laughs> but so what are we talking about today? Um, we are talking about, this is based on your topic idea, Patrick. We're talking about taking the crew of the NX-01 and replacing them with different characters across the Trek timeline and who we think would be good to replace them. And I think it's an interesting, fun little uh, fun little topic that I've been looking forward to. It's something that I kind of had on the back burner for a while. So, I, I you know, it's it, another idea could be which time eras would our crew fit in best, do you think? But I think this is an interesting one to, to start out with. So, yeah, I think this is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, I happen to be looking over like uh, ideas, and this one hit me. I thought it was a, a cool little idea to try and piecemeal a different crew together. Uh, so just quick rules. None of us have talked to each other about who's on our list, although Brandon, uh, Brandon's pretty sure he knows one of mine, and he threatened <laughs> to use one against me. But uh, And other than that, it just has to be someone that was on screen, right? I mean, I picked them. Mm. I made it so there was everyone on screen, so like I wasn't using like Star Trek Online characters or anything like that. Mm-hmm. I think we should start at the bottom and work our way to the captain last. Okay. What do you think? That what sounds good. What do you good. consider the bottom? Well, I well, put... let's just start there. I mean, like, honestly, I, I, I put, sent this in the message, but I got to get this on air. I think instead of Porthos, we could have Neelix. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Neelix could be the new Porthos. No. So we are, we, wait, we are doing pets? We're doing spots. No, we're not. We're or doing, yeah. we're doing... Yeah, it's got to be Spot. Um, yeah. As, well, no, it doesn't have to be Spot. It could also be... Um, oh, my gosh. I'm Livingston. having a moment. Livingston, the fish. No. I still Quark. Like, I, 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 it's Quark. <laughs> Rom? Rom? Rom would be a better fit than Quark. Sorry. No, I, Brandy no. knows. Brandy gave me the death clear, but I love Neelix, so you know I, I just make the joke because he's like Q called him the rat once, right? Like kitchen rat, right? So I'm just it, making that joke. I love that was Neelix. Not my death glare. When you see my death glare, you will die. Yeah. Um, then don't do I'm it while frightened. I'm on screen with you, please. I just cut my finger on my root beer glass. That's because oh. Brandy gave him the hurt himself stare. She did. Brandy. That was just a paper cut stare. So. Oh, you can't prove it was me. <laughs> I'm not touching anything. I saw you. the view. look, too. I'm not touching anything. <laughs> I'm bleeding. 
I got caught on my white glass here. Anyways, right. so, uh, okay, where are we going to start then? What so will be the bottom? So here's the the list I had in order was, and you could we could change it, but from top to bottom is captain, first officer, engineer, security, comms, doctor, and then helmsman. So let's start with helmsman. All right, is everyone in agreement that that's a decent enough order? Sure. Sure. Cool. So Brandon, who do you have for your helmsman? I think that the person who would fit into this era best would absolutely, hands down, have to be Tom Paris as the helmsman for the ship because, you know, he's such a nostalgic guy. You know, he likes previous eras. Yes, he likes old Earth culture, but I think he would totally fit in this. And he would love the the hand gadgets of flying the ship. It would be more physical, you know, more more touchy-feely, which is kind of the kind of thing that he likes to do as a pilot. So that would be my first choice for helmsman. Well, that's an interesting argument for him, too. I like mm. it. I didn't pick it, but I like it. Uh, Brandy, who would you have for your helmsman? Oh, I didn't know we were ha- going to have to make arguments as to why they would be good. But... Oh, you don't have to. No, I just I went with Kayla Detmer from uh, Star Trek Discovery because okay. uh, she's just really good at what she does. <laughs> Okay, so I can make an argument for you because I picked Detmer as well. And <laughs> the reason I yes. did was because in season three, when they go to war or, you know, when they go to fight and go out, she would be perfect for that. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know, I know, you know, Paris is a great uh, pilot and everything, and he could probably pull it off too, but she actually already has experience, and we know she can do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, she was not only the helmsman on Discovery, but previously she was the helmsman on the Shinzo as well. Right. So she's got a lot of experience. Yes. So and mm-hmm. uh, I just like the look of her. Besides, I mean, it's not about appearance, but I mean, I like her her dedication and her intensity is what I mean by that. Yeah. The mm-hmm. the, the eye metal thing is cool too. That mm-hmm. that does that <laughs> didn't influence my decision, but yeah. No, but it helps. It definitely helps. Uh, mm-hmm. All right. So. So so far, we, me and Brandy matched on on Helmsman, and uh, Brandon had to be odd. Go figure. I think we'll probably have a few duplicates in this one. Pro- probably, I think some yeah. just kind of fit, right? So right, right. We should end up. I remember similar. now. We sh- instead of Porthos, Captain Lorca's Tribble. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. He really should just be Spot. You know, it's Spot in my list. It's Spot. I yeah. want Neelix on the ship. Okay. Okay. So before Doctor, we will add in someone from morale. Morale officer. <laughs> morale. Yes. Of- no, no. So now we could we could just we could add in Chef, and then I could just say Neelix. <laughs> okay, that works. That actually works. Yeah, but I was gonna if it was morale officer, I was gonna pick Troy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see how it is. Oh, Patrick, I missed you. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, fine. So for morale officer, I picked Troy. Now we'll go back to the list we actually created. Oh. So, uh, Brandy, who'd you have for the doctor? Uh, I had to go with my first doctor, which is Dr. McCoy, because, yeah, for all of his emotional outbursts, I have emotional outbursts, uh, he reattached Spock's freaking brain. So, <laughs> so I, I would trust that guy with my life. But um, he didn't do it. He was his mind was influenced by the hair dryer. What are you talking <laughs> right? about? In Spock's brain, it was the hair dryer that gave him the knowledge. It wasn't McCoy that had the knowledge. The hair dryer gave him the knowledge. Yeah, but he was losing the knowledge as he was doing the operation, and he still finished it, and Spock was fine. So let's just leave it there. But I. <laughs> but he shouldn't have reattached his mouth. It's horrible. Fair. That's fair. <laughs> He's horrible, though. 
So. No, he he is, but that's that's the funny thing about Spock is that he knows how to push McCoy's buttons, and McCoy does not know how to deal with that. In all, all the time they know each other, he didn't know how to deal with that. And that makes him endearing to me. No, I mm-hmm. he was a good doctor and and I would I would have McCoy as my chief medical officer. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Brandon? Okay, so I know that I teased Patrick that I was going to be picking Pulaski for this choice, but I'm actually going with something completely different here that I think it's going to be completely unexpected. What I like about Phlox and what I think he brings to the ship is an element of positivity. And, you know, he's that person that people can go to. He's always kind of got that optimistic outlook. And so I think that the medical personnel that I would like to see replace him is actually Kess. So I think that she would fit in. And as being that alien outsider, I think she'd be a really interesting addition to this type of crew. What do you guys think about that? I like that. That that is definitely out of left field, though. Mm -hmm. I I didn't even consider her, and I should have. I am ashamed of myself. Didn't even think of that name at all. Well, you know, it's interesting because here I am. I've got two Voyager picks, well, three, including the pet. Right. But, um, you know, Voyager's, you know, it's my second least favorite, you know, Star Trek series. Right. But it's, it, but I still love Voyager, you know, you know, it's one of those things where you rank everything and something's got to be on the bottom, you know, and, you know, Discovery has replaced Voyager on the bottom of my list for favorite treks. But I mean, like, even still, I still love a lot of Discovery and I love a lot of Voyager. It's just out of the ranking. If I'm going to grab something off my shelf, you know. Uh, up until a year and a half ago, Voyager would have been the last series that I go to if I just wanted to grab something. But I mean, this, I love the characters in Voyager, and you know, I think Kess was under underutilized, and she could have been developed a bit more. But I think she would have been a good choice for this crew. Yeah, it, she should have been more than just Neelix's girlfriend and someone for Paris to long after, mm-hmm. and only because of her appearance. It was just kind of like, mm, mm-hmm. plus mm, that's he, so nineties. He really wanted to get Neelix back his girlfriend. Mm-hmm. We see what you're doing there, Brandon. I was in Vegas and I saw this couple together and I, I tweeted a photo of them. The guy was Neelix and she was Kess from like season one and it was amazing. It was awesome cosplay. I'm like, this is awesome. So, nice. All right, so I'm I'm gonna surprise everyone and I'm gonna go with Beverly Crusher. <gasps> Be still my heart. <laughs> Why would? Oh, oh! I get it. You're being facetious. Yes, there you go. <laughs> yeah, everyone knew as soon as this topic came up that she was going to be my doctor. Um, <laughs> if for no other reason, I literally named my daughter after her. So clearly, I like her a lot as a doctor. And if I could see more, then I'm great with that. Plus, you know, we lost that season two to a terrible doctor. So, oh my goodness gracious, I'm I've quit. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Just not even sad about it. <laughs> Okay, just you and me, Patrick. Let's do this. That's it. All right. So we can scrap this whole idea now. We got rid of him. It worked. <laughs> no, I think she'd be good for all the, the garbage she takes from everyone on killing too many people. It's just not true. No, it's not. And, she, and we saw her go undercover a few times. So, or at least once. I think just once. I'm going to say a few. And uh, she, But she did run a few missions, which I like. So I like her on this ship. Again... All my decisions basically factor around season three, because that's the most important time for the crew. Mm-hmm. Right. So, that's that. Uh, who would any? Uh, who should we start with? Brandon, comms. Who do you like for communication? Yes. 
I'm going to go, uh, you know what, I wanted to pull some left field ones out of this. So I totally picked a few left field options. And, uh, you know, I think I wanted to go with something animated. So I chose Mares for this one, you know, because, I, you know, I love the animated series as well. And uh, I think that Mares, you know, she was sometimes replacing a horror on the bridge and whatnot. And I think it would be neat to have a more alien crew member as well. So I chose Mares. She was my choice. Cool. I don't. I've never watched the animated series, so I know who you're talking about. I couldn't, I couldn't uh, pick her. No, yeah, you should watch the animated series. It's yeah, fun. No, I've never seen. It. I, I keep meaning to, but seventy-five hour work weeks and setting up for these just doesn't lend to watching more episodes. So it's unfortunate. <laughs> That's fair. But Randy, uh, who'd you who'd you pick? Well, it's difficult to pick someone specifically for communications because a lot of the time in future starships, it got combined with security. Mm-hmm. And so I decided to, uh, I just decided to go with who I thought would be great in general for the situation. And that's Tasha Yar. Mm. Oh, that fits. Because <laughs> Tasha is good at her job and she can also kick butt if need be. So she mm-hmm. would be great at uh, security, and she has lots of experience with communications. Because really, honestly, for that time period, no one is going to beat Hoshi as far as actual linguistic skill. Because mm-hmm. everybody else has universal translators. So. Right. Yeah, that's true. Um, I, I picked Aurora, though. I just went with the original. I think, mm-hmm. uh, I think two reasons I picked her. One, I actually really like her, and because of the setting and time period in which her character was written. I feel there was more you could do with it, and in Enterprise, you would do more with it. So I would love to see that. So I'm kind of looking at this list as what I'd like to see and how they'd be written in that era of television as well, not just if they fit in Season 3 of Enterprise. And I keep saying Season 3, and I know that wasn't one of the rules, but I based it all on 3, so. That's an interesting choice that you based it all on your Season 3. I, I know that's your favorite season of the show. It is, but I also think that season one and two and four aren't as important for who's on the ship. That you could you have more leeway in those seasons. So the the hardest season, the season that the crew would be be the most tested, would be season three. So if mm-hmm. they fit in season three, I could fill them out in one and two and three and four. In my opinion, uh, and someone's yelling at their their phone or their whatever right now, going, "He's an idiot! He doesn't know what he's talking about." It's but all it's about fine. personal <laughs> preference here. I mean, yeah, it's just our crew. Yeah, we we can do what we want. Oh, in that case, I, from from Star Trek Online, I picked my character for everything. <laughs> I'd like to see me as the captain, first officer, helmsman, engine. No, I'm kidding. Oh. I, I wouldn't like that at all. I would suck as a Starfleet. Officer. Oh, I thought she meant she wouldn't like me on the show. Like that was no. a little harsh. <laughs> no, not at all. I couldn't do that with my own character. If we wrote this story, would would you be a Mary Pat? Yes. <laughs> oh man! Oh, well, that or one. Patty Sue. Patty Sue. There we go. Oh Patty boy, Sue. that's rough. I thought it was. Yeah, Patty Sue. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Moving on. Next, we had security. I guess I'll start with this one. Um, so for my security, I just went with Worf. I like Worf. I think he would do well here. Uh, I think it would be weird to see him on the ship. When we start off with problems with uh, Kling- uh, Klingons in the first place, so I think his point of view would be interesting. Mm-hmm. Excellent. Yeah, I think uh, I-, I think he'd be a choice that would work for me. So, so, so Brandy, who'd you pick for security? 
Uh, I picked Odo because he can mm. go anywhere, infiltrate anything, look like anything, an inanimate object, another alien, etc. So if you needed any kind of infiltration sort of situation going on, you could have Odo do that. But not only that, he is extremely fair. He mm. is not partial to any one party or another, and he would always get to the bottom of whatever was going on without mm. prejudice, unless mm. it was Quark. Then he would have hate pictures. him. <laughs> so, I, I like that you brought up Odo because he was this close to being on my ship for, for the exact same reason, but mostly because of him being fair, more so than the mm. infiltration part. Because I, I just the no, way that's they icing, right, you know, that's the icing. Right? Part. Yeah. No, he's just so straight laced that I think it's. I mean, later on there was a few times, but for the most part, he's so straight laced and by the book that. That era seems to need that more anyway, right? So, mm-hmm. the pro- the only problem with it is, is there's really not a book yet. We're writing it, mm-hmm. but who better to write it? <laughs> exactly. So, and Brandon, who'd you uh, go with? So this is going to give field. a little left field, not not really, because <laughs> but it's going to give a little bit of an interesting tease for a, a later decision here, because I wanted to keep a Vulcan on the crew somehow, so I decided to put a Vulcan in this position. So based on security, I decided to go with Tuvok on this one, you know, because I wanted to keep a Vulcan on the crew. I think it would have been important to have that human Vulcan relationship and, you know, um, antagonism and hostility that kind of still goes on. Uh, so that's kind of why I chose him. And uh, I think tu- I think Tuvok's a pretty good security officer. I think he does a pretty good job. So uh, so that's why I chose him. Boy, this is I'm just Star Trek Voyager prize. Yeah. yeah, but no, but that kind of makes sense because they're both kind of in the same setting, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at it, um, they're both kind of out on their own. There's no one they can call and get help. So it would make sense that actually if you were to take one set of crew to put them on Enterprise, I would just, if we weren't mixing it up, I would take the Voyager crew and stick them on Enterprise mm-hmm. or vice versa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I so. agree with that assessment. Yeah, so it's not so weird that you use. I mean, Kess was way out there, but but it's not a bad choice. It was just I didn't even think. To no, use that. I don't think it's that way out there. It's just unexpected, and it's something we honestly should have considered. Probably, we're terrible hosts. We are <laughs> so. ashamed. I don't think you need to be ashamed. It's just she's not a doctor; she's a nurse, right? Yeah, so, but that's true. You know, she's she's the assistant in, on Voyager. So very true. All right. Uh, next we have coming up. Oh, security. We so, just did security. We just did security. I lied. <laughs> <laughs> next we have coming up. Oh, right. Engineer. 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 Okay. I'll go first on this one here. Okay, so perfect. I think that, you know, being that this is, you know, the first Warp 5, lots of fun things can happen. You know, there'd be a lot of challenges dealing with this. I wanted to pick somebody that I thought could handle challenges and could handle difficult situations, you know, could handle meeting alien ships and, and you know, knowing what to do kind of right off the bat. So, in my opinion, there was only one choice on this, and that had to have been O'Brien. So, he was definitely my engineer of choice for this one here because I think, I think he's the best fit. Yeah, I could definitely see making that choice. I mean, mostly because I made that choice. Well, there you go. So, and for the exact same reason. Brandy, uh, did you have someone else? I did. Nice. Uh, I actually chose Belana Torres. Ooh, nice. For many of the same reasons that uh, you would choose anyone from Voyager, 
the fact that she, she's out there with no support from Starfleet, with no home base, no friends, and she's got to keep it all running, and she does. And uh, that takes a lot of skill, and yes, she does have her mood swings, and that's mm-hmm. okay. But when, you know, it became very clear very early on, she knew exactly what she was doing and the right way to do it. And uh, she saved some butts many a time. So, mm-hmm. love, Lynn, love Lynn, bleh, long live <laughs> Torres. <sighs> yeah, she's not. Can't she's not talk. a. She's not a bad choice at all. She's actually a pretty good choice. I didn't even. I mean, I I know she's an engineer, but I didn't. As soon as this came up, I just said O'Brien. I mm-hmm. I saw scenes of the early. Uh, DS9 where he's running around trying to get replicators back and this that and the other thing and to me it just made perfect sense so I didn't really give sure. it much thought um, mm-hmm. but yeah Belana deals with a lot of similar issues throughout right, her right. run as well which is interesting but without resources yeah, mm-hmm. right right but like his like the problems he has is he may have resources but he doesn't even know what he's looking at so mm-hmm. yeah because it's all Cardassian technology right. so um, but yeah I mean once again Voyager fits on Enterprise so <laughs> true. All right, we're winding down here and uh so Brandy, who'd you have for your first officer? Now this one is kind of interesting because technically my first officer and my science officer could easily switch places and still be very, very effective. So we said first officer, right? Yep. <laughs> yes. Yep. Okay. I chose from the unaired pilot number one. Ooh, nice. Good because choice. Because she is cool, calm, collected, smart, and she gets stuff done. Mm-hmm. So, and she was just, um, I I would have loved to really see, in that day and age, I would have loved to see a female first officer, and I mm-hmm. think Majel Barrett nailed it. And mm-hmm. I just really, I want that. She would be fantastic on the NX-01 because no matter what anyone threw at her, she'd just be like, okay, this is how we're going to handle this. So, also, I bet you you're really excited for season two of Discovery then to see her. Hey, you have no idea. <laughs> awesome, <laughs> awesome. No idea. I would have loved to see that too. I mean, anybody in the in the cage, like I love the cage. It's one of my favorite oh, episodes great. of the original Star Trek. I think it's great, and I think it's bonkers that they didn't choose to go with that. And I mean, I would love to as much as I love the original series and I love what happened and with the Star Trek we ended up getting. I would I would have loved to have seen a Star Trek series with with Jeffrey Hunter as Pike and you know like that Star Trek era. I would have loved to have seen that. So I'm I'm also very excited to see Pike on Discovery because he's cool. I mean, he's a great character. I think it's going to be really neat to see. Yeah, and yes. it's like it's like we're getting an untold story that we've always wanted. Mm-hmm. But yeah, number one. I mean, like she's also got those Vulcan traits, right? Like that's what became Spock. Right, is taking her personality basically. So, yeah, she would be a good choice for first officer. I agree. Yeah, because Spock in that uh, pilot episode is overly emotional for what we know Vulcans to be now. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, okay. the women. <laughs> so, so Brandon, Brandon, who'd you pick? Uh, okay, so my first officer. I'm not sure if this is the best choice. But I kind of wanted to go with the era, and I'm not sure if it plays well off of the captain that I chose. But I wanted to choose somebody that was kind of an explorer at heart, you know, who liked to get down and dirty on the planets and whatnot, and, you know, visiting alien cultures. So I chose Riker for this one. So Riker was my choice to be first officer on this one, because I think Riker is a great first officer. 
And he was a great first officer for Picard. Uh, you know, and I don't know if that means he could be a great first officer for everybody because he wasn't a great first officer for Jellico. You know, so nobody um, was a great. But nobody likes Jellico. So I don't know. Data was a good first officer for Jellico. Data was doing good. I you know, and Jellico... I don't think Jellico was a bad captain. He just no. had a completely different command style than Picard. You he know, was so <laughs> yes, and he did. He didn't mesh well with the people because. You know, he, while he could be a great captain, you know, we're going on a tangent here, you know, he's not good at initiating that transition, and which is why he left a lot of it to everybody else, you know. So he left it to Troy, and, he, you know, he left it to Data, and he tried to leave it to Riker, and, you know, they weren't quite liking the transition because they were used to Picard, and well, they were used to the way that Picard handled it. Yeah, and, and he, he didn't leave um, any wiggle room moving to it. Mm-hmm. You know, the, you don't a good leader. He might be a good captain, but a real good leader knows how mm-hmm. to move from what they were to what he wants smoothly. He can get mm-hmm. them to go, but he just kind of wanted them to instantly change, which is part of the problem. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. Um, but for my first officer, I I uh, I like you, Brandon, wanted that Vulcan, so I, I picked Spock. Mm-hmm. I picked Spock to fill that role because I needed a Vulcan on the ship. That would play off the human Vulcan, um, you know, dynamic, and I couldn't think of anyone better for me than Spock. So there he is. Mm-hmm. So I know that's kind of an obvious pick that people were probably trying to avoid anyway, but it is what it is. <laughs> um, I did screw up in this order, though. I totally left out the science officer. Um, so I guess let's go back one and <laughs> let's do the science officer now. And I can give mine first, but I would go with Tilly. I would pick nice. Tilly to be my science officer. I know technically she just got into the command program, but I don't care. I'm making her my science officer because I think she's the smartest person on the ship of any ship we've seen so far. Excellent. Yeah, Tilly would be a good choice, but is she she's kind of more of an engineer though, isn't she? Well, she she's in the she's in the I guess that it depends on what you're reading or looking at at the moment. They kind of bounce her back and forth. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. You know, because she knows the science of how the spore drive works and all that. And then she does the fixing of the machinery for it, too. So, Yeah, but, but that's all engineering stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I can't say it's nothing wrong. I mean, Tilly's a great uh, yeah. character. So, no, yeah. We're, we're, not, we're not debating that your choice was valid. Mm-hmm. Okay. Because it is. Your choice is yeah. valid. <laughs> yes. Yeah, Tilly's my favorite character on Discovery. Your choice yeah. is valid. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't matter. All right, that's it. She's the helmsman. It's valid. It's Tilly. It's fine. <laughs> She's, She's every part. She can't even drive a car. Captain choice, right? Wait till I get to my captain <laughs> choice. So, but uh, no, but she was. If you read the comic too, and I, I guess I couldn't, shouldn't really play that in here. She was picked for her science acumen, not mm-hmm. her engineering. So, mm-hmm. and, right, and uh, that's in the Discovery annual comic. Correct. So I'm using that. That that fits for me. Mm-hmm. So, but that's whatever. not canon because it's not on screen. Yeah, well, I also Who am making myself. Nobody captain. cares about canon. <laughs> no, well, we just we said that if it was on screen, it counted. She's still on screen in the science department. I, I know that, but using something not on screen to influence your decision was what I was talking about. But I don't actually care, <laughs> so I'm just gonna drop it. Clearly, Brandy doesn't like your choice at all. But Shut but she's okay up. with Tilly, so she's actually trying to rationalize it in her own head now. And I just don't care who I pissed off, mm-hmm. so it's fine. It's it's my pick, and I'm keeping it. 
Excellent. That's so. Fine. So, Brandon, who did you have? Oh, only one choice, I think, in this era, in this frontier, in this wild frontier for first officers. Got to be Jadzia Dax. You know, like she's uh, she's a part of this era as well, but she's also one of those people that's, you know, kind of fun. But I think she's great at her job. And aside from Spock, she's probably the best first uh, best science officer in Star Trek. You know, so uh, that's kind of why I chose her. I think she, I've got a very talented crew here, and she would fit right in. And yeah, I think that'd be. I think that's my choice. Jessie. Nice, that's a good pick too. And Brandy. Well, this is where my whole first officer and science officer could be interchangeable thing because I chose Spock mm-hmm. as my science officer because he can act under pressure and he is excellent at the science part of being the first officer as well as being a first officer. So he juggled both of those roles quite well. And Who was your first officer choice again? My first officer number choice one. was number one. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, so but, do you want, do, because you have number one, then do you want this to be Shouty Spock? No, I don't want this to be Shouty Spock. <laughs> I don't want him to go around, the women! Um, so I don't want that. What about once in a while? Like every, Check the circuits! Every 20th okay. episode. Yes, actually. They kept finding ways to make him emotional in one way or another. Yeah, and then claim he um, was not emotional at all. Yeah, well, that and that's the thing. It's not about not being emotional. It's about suppressing the emotions. And people keep forgetting that distinction so but uh but spock has never lost that search for knowledge that curiosity that every good scientist has to know the truth to know the actual facts behind whatever is going on so mm-hmm. spock wins the day for mm-hmm. me awesome cool. uh, last but not least we have the captain of our beautiful nx01 brandy who would you pick for your captain Oh, this one was super hard for me because I feel that there were two characters that were almost, well, they, they seem very different, but with the situations they've dealt with, they would both make great captains. But ultimately I decided that Cisco had an edge above everyone else that I was thinking about because we know he knows how to deal with war. We know he doesn't sit by and let injustice happen. He's not, he he can be diplomatic, but when butts need to be kicked, he is going to kick them. Mm -hmm. And uh, he does command the respect of his crew. And he still has a sense of humor and a lovely singing voice on top of that. So Mm -hmm. So, karaoke night instead of movie night. I came really close to picking him. And the, the major reason I really wanted to was because he leaves the baseball behind. Yes. But, but I did too. I did back off and I picked someone else. But uh, before we get to my Brandon, who'd you pick? Um, so I went off the rails here. I like your pick, Brandy, because Cisco's my captain, right? Like he's my favorite captain. I think he's, you know, I just like his command style the best. You know, there's so many great moments that I, of him that I think would fit in this time period as well. Like so many great season one moments mm. where he shows his leniency and his ability to work with his his staff for the issues that are going on in their life. And I mean, like I pick episodes like progress when Kira goes to that moon and she's got to get that old man off the moon. And Bashir's like, I don't know. She just wouldn't leave. And he's like, I want you to recommend that she stays there to take care of me. He's like, but I didn't recommend that. He's like, well, do it anyways. You know? And then, (laughs) you know, and Bashir's like, well, based on my medical opinion, she's got to stay for how long. And, 
And then he says two weeks and or whatever it is. And Bashir's like, okay, two weeks. Should that be enough? And Cisco says, I'll take it under advisement. You know, like, I don't know. And there's that one. And then when he actually goes down there to work with her and he says, and he, he tries to talk with her and says, you know, I know what you're going through. I understand how difficult this is, but you have a choice and he doesn't, you know, like he's, he's willing to mentor his staff. And there's a lot of great moments like that in season one. Um, so I think he's a great choice and totally fit in this era, but I didn't pick him. I wanted to go outside the box as well, like a couple of my choices. And I got kind of a heavy alien crew here, but I think one more alien would work in this because I really think that this character is going to go far and I think he's going to end up at the captain at some point, but I got to go with Saru for the captain of my ship here because, you know, Saru is my favorite character discovery. And I, I think there's issues with the writing of his character. I don't like his threat ganglia and I don't think it works. I think it's a complete and total mess of writing, but I love the character and I liked the growth that he showed in season one. And I believe that he will become one of the best captains. You know, he questions himself you know, and that's kind of how I do it. Like when I face problems in my life, I step back and I question things and I'm like, am I doing the right thing? Because I want to be aware of the situation. And I think that's a very good trait for a captain to have where they step back, they try and analyze the problem and get resources and get help when they can. And I saw a lot of growth in this character. So that's why I chose Saru for the captain of my ship. That's a good choice. It's an interesting choice. Oh, shut up, Patrick. What did I, I said it's interesting. They <laughs> say it was bad. My favorite captain is actually also Cisco, and I didn't pick him um, mm-hmm. because I think better for this era would be Captain Janeway. That was my other choice that I yeah. had so much <laughs> I trouble deciding between. Well, Captain Janeway is. I, I love Captain Janeway as the captain because she's kind of Picardish, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, little better in my opinion and i know i just pissed off a lot of people but um the fact that we all grew up with picard so i get it but there's just certain traits she has that just it was just like picard written better in many instances in -hmm. my opinion um where it fell flat is that people kind of were tiring of voyager as it went on but uh, i wasn't one of them so Mm -hmm. it didn't bother me i just i think plus the people i had picked would work well with her I think it would be good to have her and Spock. You know what I mean? I think it would be good to have, you know, Ahura and Worf with with Janeway. I think all those things would work. So I think she would be the best. Plus, we know she has experience with doing the right thing at at the end of the day. So in the very first episode, she could have easily been sent back and let that planet die. But instead, she decided to trek across the universe. Yeah. And those are the kind of traits you want in your captain of this era you know, and, you know, if you have to make some allies, she knows how to do that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. She's able to make allies out in space, which we didn't, I, I felt we didn't see enough of that in in Enterprise. I think there should have been more of that, but I, yeah. I guess they, they probably just didn't want to rehash old stories, so they didn't do a lot of it, but um, I think that would work. And so I think she would work in this particular role in this era. Yeah, another cool. thing I considered about her was that she and Archer have a little bit of the same temperament when it comes to certain things like that desire to meet new races, to, to seek out new life forms and new civilizations. They have that same level of enthusiasm for doing so. And yet when the chips are down and they're in trouble, she knows how to lead her people. So. Yeah. Well, I've, I've said it before. Um, I don't think on this podcast, but I feel like she was a good mix of, 
Picard and and Cisco, and I never thought about Archer, but that too. You know, like obviously they wrote Archer after the fact, but they yeah. took that part of her personality and made a character out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if they did it intentionally or not, but that's what happened. So, excellent, know. cool. Yeah, I think Green would make a great choice for this one here. You know, I think she's probably the best captain choice after Saru and after Cisco. Like she'd be a third choice for me. Right, probably. right, right. You know, best not near the top. You know, but if I thought more, it might even be she'd be my second choice. You know, like as far as people who are captains, then she's probably my first choice. But uh, yeah. Anyways, yeah. So, but I, the only thing with mine is I'm not sure if if Saru and Riker would work well, and I think they would. You guys, what do you think about that? That's the no, only I thing think I that's sure. a good pairing. Okay, yeah, I, I don't know if Riker would work with everybody on the other side of that list for you. Yeah, but I think Riker's versatile enough to, to get it done. But I think he would work really well with Saru. Mm-hmm. I agree because I think they would play off each other well because Riker is the as much as I think actually you know they wrote Riker to never become captain so they can keep him as the first officer, but. I, I think he would have made a good captain, but he would have made a very headstrong run into battle captain. Mm-hmm. And Saru would would stop that. You know, mm-hmm. he would be the buffer for that. Uh, and that's kind of what you need, right? You either need your captain to be the buffer for the first officer or, or the other way around. <laughs> there are buffers. We need buffers. Yes, yes, we need buffers. Right. Like right, my TV right. when it's buffering. No, right. not, not those. Or that singer Warren Buffer. Yes. Well, he could, <laughs> he would have been the entertainment committee. He could have been getting the bands in the mess hall. Right, 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 <laughs> right. Because we don't have movie night; we have band night. Yes, excellent. We I love just it. we just pick up people all over the galaxy. <laughs> yeah. Well, should we go over our lists again here? I got mine open here. Should we do a recap? Yes. Okay, excellent. So instead of Porthos, I got Neelix. <laughs> got Spot. For, <laughs> for Helmsman, I got Tom Paris. For the Doctor, I've got Kess. For communications, I got Mores. For security, I got Tuvok. For engineer, I got O'Brien. For first officer, I got Riker. Science officer, Jadzia Dax. Captain, Saru. And I think it's kind of funny because the only TOS member I've got here is Mares from the animated series. So <laughs> I think it's kind of an interesting crew choice here. That's the only one that I, I didn't fit anybody in from. Brandy, did you want to redo your list? Uh, yeah, mine is not going to be in the same order because it's written in a different order and you all are just going to have to deal with it. Um, so for Helm, I chose Kayla Detmer. For communications, I chose Tasha Yar. For security, I chose Odo. For chief medical officer, I chose McCoy. For engineer, I chose Belana Torres. For science officer, I chose Spock. For first officer, I chose number one. And for captain, I chose Cisco. Okay, and my list is I pick Spot, but after Spot, um, after I Spot, spot. for my yeah, and then for my morale officer I pick Troy. So my um, morale officer is Neelix. So. Right, so Neelix yeah. is is on everyone's ship but mine. He didn't, yeah, he didn't make the cut. Sorry, Neelix. Mm. I do like him, but he just for chef. He's the chef on my because we have a chef. Oh yeah, Enterprise. yeah. There you so go. So I still get him on. Uh, so that works. But for my helmsman is Detmer. My doctor is Beverly Crusher. My communications officer is Ahura. My security officer is Worf. My engineering is uh, O'Brien. Then I have, uh, for, for science, I have Tilly. My first officer is Spock. And I went with Janeway as my captain. Mm-hmm. Cool. So right I on. think it was, was interesting just... that we didn't have more crossover. 
Yeah, we only had O'Brien, I think, was the only crossover. Me and you, right? and, um, we, and me and Brandy had Detmer. And yeah. You and De- yeah, Detmer, yeah. So. And you guys didn't have a single crossover, right? Nope. So we, we only had two not. crossovers, and I screwed it up for both of you. Uh, and no what's weird is I wasn't even going to, I actually wasn't going to go with Detmer. I was going to go with uh, Sulu, but I didn't want to have too many TOS guys. Okay. Well, I think before we sign off for today here, we should read the two emails that we've recently received. What do you guys think? Oh, that's awesome. That sounds like a fantastic idea. I think it's a great way to finish the show. So we got a message from Bill Watson in Marion, Illinois. Thanks so much, Bill, for sending in a message. Bill says, I've been listening to Warp 5 on Spotify, and I recently listened to the episode about the little things that set Enterprise apart from other shows. I don't believe Porthos was mentioned, and while the little guy doesn't make or break the show for me, his presence was a nice touch that I think humanized Archer. Well, wait till you see him interact with Neelix, buddy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) I agree with what was said about the widescreen format, too. I recently bought most of the Enterprise Blu-rays, and this show looks so fantastic. Taking all the little things as a whole, Enterprise was pretty daring in trying to humanize the main characters and give the Star Trek world more bumps and imperfections that make the show a lot of fun to rewatch. To me, Enterprise is actually closer to what I always wanted TNG to be, a show about people who aren't perfect, but who still dare to venture into the unknown and make mistakes. And that's awesome. Thanks so much, Bill, uh, for sending in a message. We really appreciate it. And while we're talking here, I'm I'm opening up my app here, and I'm going to look at, uh, just so if the listeners want to go back to this episode i think it's 93 the one that he's talking about episode 93 is the little things let me just double check here um or is it 99 99 the little things the episode's called they had steak they had salad um it's the little things of it uh but we did however have an episode where we covered porthos we didn't mention him in that episode i believe but we did talk about porthos do you remember brandy which episode that was Oh, for that was one of our sake. first ones here. Yeah. It was an early on, yeah. Was I? By the way, was I in the Little Things episode? No, that was before you guys started. So. I thought I guessed it on that. Before time. No, that was just uh, it was just Floyd and myself here. So it was one. Um, I did. I'm scrolling about. through trying to find the Porthos one. Here we go. One thirty four. My dog can drive in my car and do math problems. That's the name <laughs> of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, Bill, definitely check that episode out. That was a fun little one. Absolutely. Uh, that was Brandy's idea. She wanted to talk about Porthos. And I said, absolutely, we need to talk about Porthos. I love that dog. And we did. <laughs> and it was a good episode. And just you have to listen to find out how we came up with that title. And we sang. We yes. sang How Much Is That Doggy in the Window. Woof, woof. Well, one of us oh, did. We're not singing now? Okay. No. <laughs> We have one more, uh, one more message here. Another email from John Burrill, and I hope I say I've said your name right, John. John's a tough one to say, but uh, I'm sure I got the Brill part right. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, John says, just listen to the commentary for Shockwave and look forward to Shockwave Part 2. While the first part is better, the second will always hold a significance for me. It aired when I was in college, and I wrote a paper on that episode for my media criticism class. I'd send it to you, but sadly, I no longer have a digital copy and would have to dig out the hard copy and retype it. I look forward to listening. Keep up the good work. Well, I hope uh, I hope you enjoyed our second part of the commentary there, John. Uh, we had fun that night, and I hope I, I think we did a good Good job. It's tough recording two commentaries back to back when you're trying to just talk on what you're seeing on screen, but because uh, we were unable to do the recording the following week. So, but uh, yes, I do agree 
that the first part is better. And I think we mentioned that in the second part of the commentary, Brandy and I are talking about that. So, Yeah, which is not to say that part two is bad because it's not. Mm-hmm. As second parts go, it's actually, it holds up pretty well to the first part. But the first part is just, it's just, it's just better. Mm-hmm. And we mentioned, too, that we think a lot of Star Trek two-parters, it seems like the first part is generally better. Yeah, you know? well, it's yeah, all building up right. to this. Yeah, they're all hanging everything on this cliffhanger that they're going to have at the end of part one. And then the cliffhanger resolution is never as exciting as they make it out to be. Mm-hmm. Ever. Yeah, no. I agree. Yeah. Excellent, right on. Well, talking about... Neelix the Beagle isn't the only thing we've been discussing here on the network this week. So take a listen to this clip and see what else you may have missed elsewhere on Trek FM. And I am just going to add a caveat here. Neelix is my favorite character on Voyages, Voyager. <laughs> so I'm not teasing Neelix as being a bad character. I love Neelix. He just likes teasing Neelix. Yes. Just like I like teasing Patrick. Yeah. He but he doesn't love he me. No, I think <laughs> I actually you. he does, Patrick. <laughs> Beware. <laughs> Previously on Trek.fm, Earl Grey. However, one thing Everyone's I do Everyone's going to sing the song, Everyone Join Me. Life Force. No, I will not join you. I'm sorry. Life Force. Okay, Where however. are you? <laughs> Meta Trex. Speaking of character, I always found it interesting how many ways... Q manifests himself, the characters that he takes on. We see him as a Starfleet commander, a Bajoran waiter. We see him as an alien captain. Uh, this this is just a, a cosplayer. This is a man of many faces. Who knew Q was such a theater geek? The Edge, a Star Trek Discovery podcast. I felt like I was in a Vegas casino and the bling, bling, yeah. bling, like it was the jackpot. And I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? How is she affecting the replicators and that's throwing food out? I've never seen a replicator throw food out. Melodic tricks. Well, it was definitely about a lower budget. There was no question that we could not afford Jerry Goldsmith. And later, by the time we got to do Star Trek VI, we couldn't afford Jamie Horner. And that's what else is happening on Trek.fm. So check out all these shows and join the conversation about your favorite corner of the Star Trek universe and beyond. You'll find us wherever you get your podcasts. If you're an Apple user, please be sure to hit the subscribe button in Apple Podcasts on iPhone, iPad, or Apple TV, or on the desktop iTunes app to get the latest episodes as soon as they're published. And please leave us a star rating and a written review. If you're not an Apple user, we've got you covered as well. You can find our shows on Google Play Music, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spreaker, SoundCloud, Windows Phone, and most third-party apps. And you can stream and download the MP3 file from our website or grab the RSS link as well. We'd love to hear your thoughts on today's show, and there are many ways for you to do that. The best place to join the larger conversation is the Babel Conference, our listeners group on Facebook. Just type Babel, B-A-B-E-L, into the search field on Facebook, and it should come right up. If you'd like to send us an email, you can use the form on our website at trek.fm slash contact. Choose to send a show and select Warp 5. That will come right to us. You can also find the network on Twitter at trek.fm and on Facebook at facebook.com slash trek.fm. So, Brandon, when you're not trying to demean um, Neelix and pet him like a cat, where can people find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Brandon Matella. 
You can find me here on the network with Melodic Treks, which is all about the music of Star Trek. You can find me over on the Fandom Podcast Network with my friends Chris and Tom, where we cover all of Alfred Hitchcock's films. And you can find me over on the Talk Film Society with my good friend Zach Moore. As of today, I'm very excited because last night I would have watched the new Halloween movie. Yay! I'm so excited. It was awesome. It was the greatest Halloween movie ever, I'm I'm sure I'm going to be saying. Um... And our episode will be coming out on Tuesday on the Talk Film Society Network because Zach and I have been doing an 11-part retrospective on all the Halloween movies. And we just recorded on Saturday our episode for Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. And you got to check it out because it was a good discussion. Um, yeah, so that's the major major spots. And as of this recording, it's October 10th that we're actually recording this. Or sorry, October 8th that we're actually recording this. And uh, today, my friend... Darren Mooney released an episode of his podcast, which is called the Movie Palace Podcast, and I talk about another Hitchcock film, Shadow of a Doubt, on that podcast. So you can just check that episode out if you'd like to, if you'd like to see. Um, Brandy, where can people find you when you're not choosing a brand new crew for our NX01? Nowhere. I have totally re- left social media. No, that's not true. <laughs> you can find me in the Babel Conference from time to time. You can also find me on Twitter at Brandywine12. Brandy is with an I. 12 is a number. You can hear me here on the network on Live from the Edge. We are covering all of the short treks. And we will also be back live weekly when Star Trek Discovery starts up again on January 26th. 20 january 17th yes what in the world is wrong with me Mm. that's my birthday nice happy birthday in advance i always tell people i was born to be a star trek fan because i was born on 1701 okay that is good i like that i don't have that kind of connection (laughs) now i'm july 25th i there's nothing yeah except you have the same birthday as my sister brooke (laughs) (laughs) So. <laughs> well, there's and, that. And she's awesome, so there you go. It's an awesome day to be well, born. Well, the odds <laughs> are one of us would be. <laughs> oh, I was trying to give you a compliment. So I know. Uh, let me just walk that back. <laughs> anyway, um, uh, you will. Uh, you can also find me uh, at darkcornerpodcast.com doing a podcast called the Dark Corner Pod- Dark Dork Corner. Let's call it the Dork Corner Podcast. Oi. fart. <laughs> I did that to her last week, too. <laughs> and it never, it never stops being funny. <laughs> I just... Dork fart. Dork fart. Uh, uh, the Storm Fart Podcast. No, the Dark Corner <laughs> Podcast. Dave and I talk about stuff and things, and I swear like Tilly, so beware. Beware. Be very, very aware. <laughs> Patrick, where can people find you when you're not writing yourself into Star Trek Adventures as a Patty Sue? <laughs> well, the only the only place to find me is at work putting out fires, quite literally. literally. <laughs> and I'm not a fireman, by the way, guys. So me putting out fires, bad thing. Um, if I ever get out of that heck hole, I will, uh, I'll be again on uh, the Babel Conference where I try and check in as much as I can. You can also find me on Twitter at MagicDrop5, which I admitted earlier not to checking much, but I'm there. And uh, you can find me on The Edge with uh, my friend Amy. So that's about it. it. 
Brandy, you know what's funny is that, like, when I call him a Patty Sue, what I picture is, like, one of those little boys that you would get, like, in the 1800s or whatever, those rich boys that would, like, have the bonnets and the long curly locks. Oh, the fancy lads, yeah. The fancy lads. And he would, like, have, like, a big lollipop in front of him. (laughs) Why did you put that in my head? I now know the photo I'm taking the next time I go to Disney. (laughs) Getting one of those giant Mickey lollipops. Yes. And I'm standing in front of Canada. <laughs> you gotta have the locks. You gotta have I can get a wig. They sell them. <laughs> and a bonnet. <laughs> yes, exactly. You got it totally. That's what I picture. Oh my goodness. Anyways, you just gave me a Halloween costume. <laughs> People are now thinking, why does he do this to himself? Why? Why does he subject himself to this? My friend posted online, I was gonna post that I would take it. He he's selling uh jerry ryan costume and he said the only reason he bought it was because it was autographed but it's like a halloween costume and he's like i don't know what size it is and i'm like i'm taking it it will fit (laughs) (laughs) i will make it fit (laughs) it's her silver cat suit (laughs) anyways let's finish this and you thought the visual of me with golden locks and a lollipop was bad (laughs) no i didn't say bad i just uh, hilarious, really. Uh, well, I tweeted out when I said I was going to Vegas. I tweeted out a picture of Tasha Yar from the Naked Now, and I'm like, I just found my my cosplay costume for uh, for uh, Vegas, but I don't have time to lose weight or shave. I said. <laughs> Those poor people who feared for their lives until you got there. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just trying to think of who I could cosplay as, and all I can think of is that woman in that Next Generation episode who was playing the organ in that bar, and then she started doing Klingon opera. Um, yes, Melota. <laughs> you know what's awesome? We're going way off the rails, and at least this is afterwards, right? You know what's awesome about her? Is her voice was dubbed over in that episode. Really? So the actress that's doing it, her voice was dubbed over by Judy Durand, who's the woman who does the voice of the computers on Deep Space Nine on the Cardassian station. And I love her voice so much. So uh, when I went back to it in her time, I'm like, that's the woman from DS9's computer. <laughs> if you guys could just I see how Brandon it. almost jumped out of his seat explaining that. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was very enthusiastic. Go and listen to it. Go watch some D69 and then go watch Unification. What is it? Part two, I think it is. I think it's part two. Yeah. In. yeah. And go watch that scene. It's Judy Durand who does the voice for uh, for Tarok Nor. Awesome. Do you want to read the last one or do you want me to? Because I got it open. Oh, yeah. I got the thing. Um, I just was waiting until y'all were done. I wasn't sure what that <laughs> we were was done our tangents. I think, I think, I we're, think just we're like good 20 now. minutes. Okay. 20 minutes of tangents here. Well, if you'd like to keep filth like this coming to you each week, sorry, no. <clears throat> sorry, let's try that again. If you'd like to help us keep all of our shows coming to you each week, you can become a patron on the network, of the network, rather, on Patreon. Visit patreon.com slash checkfm, that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n dot com slash checkfm to get all the details. Perks include early access to episodes, exclusive content, producer credits, and so much more. Also available through our special patrons website, Patron Zone. 
So it requires a lot of money and time to produce, host, and distribute these shows each month, and we appreciate any support you can give us. We hope you'll join the team, and again, you'll find all the details at patreon.com slash trekfm. Talk about the associate producers, y'all. At this time, we'd like to thank our wonderful associate producers for their support of Trek FM and Warp 5 as well. See, look how quickly I can jump into that. I was like Yo. taking a drink and I'm like, I just totally lost my train of thought. I, co- I gr- should have done it. I have the list. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> we really appreciate your support. And uh, we think that you guys would make a wonderful crew of our NX-01. Absolutely. So uh, we would like to thank Norman C. Lau, who would be our captain. Norman's a good captain, right? Right. I think so. We wouldn't have to uh, mutiny. No. First officer Floyd Dorsey. Excellent. Se- he was officer. the captain before. Yes. Security officer Mike Morrison. Mm-hmm. Communication officer Tim Cooper. All right. Porthos could be Justin Ozer. <laughs> <laughs> Our engineer Mark Flessa. And uh, who else do I got here? Uh, Secure. Who else do I got to do? What, what other? Do we do engineer or security? Uh, engineer Tris, Tris, Chris Tribuzio and Jim McMahon. You could be chef. Awesome, awesome. I'm sure I missed another important position in there because it was just going off the cuff. But <laughs> guys, we greatly appreciate your support. We definitely couldn't do it without you. So thank you so very much for supporting uh, Warp Five and Trek FM on a whole. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, thanks for listening and keep calm and boom on. <laughs>